everyone, David Sylvan here. Welcome back to another episode of UH Ventures, the Health Voyager podcast series. Remember, you can find prior episodes as well as today's at ventures.uhhospitals.org. So salt and pepper may have said it first, uh, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's, and that's exactly why my now almost 19-year-old daughter I said, Dad, please, please don't embarrass me. But more specifically, let's talk today about the female side of sex, sexual health, female desire, challenges, opportunities, difficulties that women face throughout their lifetimes. Some incredible stats about one in two women report having some type of sexual health concerns. That's 50%. Incredible. That means stacked up against other issues, female sexual health concerns are actually more common than diabetes. And yet these are really talked about and they're often stigmatized. They're seen as taboo. Many women think that there is nothing that can be done and there isn't help to be had and they, and they feel alone. And more so, they often feel too embarrassed and perhaps ashamed to discuss their sexual health with their healthcare providers. Our providers here, we're very, very fortunate at the UH Division of Female Sexual Health are flipping the script on its head. They're providing a safe and open environment where women can feel comfortable, empowered, and they can discuss this crucial aspect of their health and their overall well-being. Today, we're fortunate to be joined by two of the amazing physicians, doctors, redefining the way in which we think about treat and discuss female sexual health and desire. First, let me welcome Dr. Cheryl Kingsberg and Dr. Rachel Pope. Quick, quick backgrounds. Dr. Kingsberg is a world-renowned sex therapist. She's the division chief of OBGYN Behavioral Medicine. Dr. Kingsberg is co-director of UH's Sexual Medicine and Volvo Vaginal Health Program, a professor at Case Western Reserve University School of Medicine. Dr. Kingsberg has expertise in postpartum depression, psychological aspects of infertility and cancer, and female sexual dysfunction. Both Dr. Pope and Dr. Ping Kingsberg have been instrumental in shaping the conversation surrounding female sexual health, both in the world of medicine and beyond. And we have Dr. Pope. Dr. Pope is the chief of the Female Sexual Health Division, uh, an obstetrician and gynecologist in the Department of Urology, and she holds an appointment in the Department of Reproductive Biology. Dr. Pope specializes in childbirth and postpartum birth injuries, vulva and vaginal disorders, and sexual dysfunction. So today we wanna to focus on women. Why women, why UH, why female sexual health, and what we're doing to help, how we can continue to redefine the way in which women receive treatment and care. So let me kick the ball into play. Let's talk a bit about female sexual health and the concerns women face throughout their lifetimes, what they are, how prevalent they are, what is the age breakdown of these concerns. You know, we're regaled on a daily basis with adverts that uh, don't specifically focus on men, but there's obviously a disproportional bias, whether that be erectile dysfunction, and then other elements like COPD, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis. Certainly not all of those are solely the, the domain of, of men's issues, 
but there is a, a preponderance in that regard. Viagra was introduced for men in 98. It took another two decades for there to be a single drug approved for female sexual dysfunction. And even in spite of this, the stigma surrounding female sexual health remains. So why is this? How do we overcome it? And how do we help women feel comfortable discussing this aspect of their health and, and the critical elements pertaining to the quality of life? So perhaps, Rachel, we could start with you. Describe the division of female sexual health sure. to our listeners and how our multidisciplinary approach is perhaps unique. Yeah, so the Division for Female Sexual Health is really a unique one. We are interdisciplinary. Um, we cross multiple uh, corners that really focus on women's needs in a psychosocial, biological model. Um, it's dedicated to addressing all health concerns, the way I like to say it, at any stage of life and at any age of life. We bring experts from you know medical background to look into diagnostics and treatments with potentially hormone replacement therapy. We have surgeons uh, that can do any sort of surgical intervention that may be necessary, whether it's incontinence, prolapse, or um, you know anything that could come up from just anatomical disorders. We have physical therapists who specialize in pelvic floor. And we also have, like Cheryl here, our behavioral health experts. Um, and we're so lucky to have all these people under one roof and in one division. We, we really try to create a safe space for women um, for whatever condition is, is, you know, affecting them, whether it's postpartum birth injuries, whether it's menopause, um, you name it. We are ready to create a tailored, customized plan for each one of them. Hey, David, can I, can yeah. I just jump in and give UH a lot of credit? We have um, been addressing sexual concerns uh, well ahead of the curve. You know, uh, sex is now a popular topic and even female sexuality, but it didn't used to be. Um, you know, you would think that with sex in the city, it would have come of age, but it really has been <laughs> taboo, as you mentioned. And UH has been supportive. You know, I've been around for a very long time uh, doing sexual medicine. And so it is so wonderful to have Dr. Pope here and to coordinate to have this biopsychosocial model because actually sexuality for both men and women really is biopsychosocial. You have to look at the overlapping factors of biologic factors, neuroendocrine, uh, physiologic, organic, with psychological factors, with sociocultural, religious factors, and of course, interpersonal. Like you can have all the biologic health that you want, but if you don't like your partner, sex isn't going to really be that enjoyable. On the other hand, I see lots of people who have great relationships, but because of anatomical issues or hormonal issues, sex really is not uh, uh, very comfortable anymore. So let's stay on that for a second, Dr. Kingsburg. And um, for the many women who hopefully will listen to this podcast, some are probably thinking, what are some of the symptoms that I should be aware of? As, as, as a woman, what, what should they be aware of? What should uh, prompt them to want to um, seek help? Well, as a woman, can I please empower them to say they have a perfect right to good sexual health that they shouldn't suffer in silence. And that has been a conspiracy of silence on both the healthcare provider side 
you know, think about your average nerdy medical student, for goodness sake. They're not really all that comfortable about talking about sex. We try our best at CASE to teach them because we have providers here. But across the country, it's hard for, for healthcare providers to talk about sex. They can talk about all kinds of weird things like smelly discharge and bowel movements, but they can't really talk about sexual function. So on the provider side, they need to be asking, but women should feel empowered if their healthcare provider is not asking, they should bring it up and find somebody who will. There are four categories of sexual function that I think women should think about in terms of symptoms. We think about sexual function from the desire focus, which is your uh, wanting to want, right? The appetite for sexual activity, arousal, the, the ability of your body to get sexually aroused. So genital swelling, lubrication, the sensation of feeling uh, sexual arousal, orgasm, that release of all sexual tension, which uh, orgasm problems are a big problem. And hopefully we'll talk a little bit about sort of what's what's new on the horizons. And then pain, as Dr. Pope ha has, has started to allude to the, the treatments and the surgical hormonal interventions. So we look at those four categories. So if a woman has pain with sexual activity, she ought to be asking for help. You know, we think about is the sex painful or is or is the pain sexual? The sex is painful. There's usually an underlying physiologic condition there that we can often address and treat. But the other categories, desire, arousal, orgasm, all are, are symptomatic of sexual problems that should be treated and women have a right to. So you've talked about the four categories and that was very, that is very helpful. Maybe Rachel back to you. So sure. perhaps along the lines of those four categories, what are some of the treatment options available for women that face one or more of those? Well, there's a multitude. Um, it really is nuanced as Dr. Kingsburg was, was explaining and every woman comes with a completely different story. Um, I do find that many women do need pelvic floor physical therapy. I can't emphasize enough how important that is and how much just understanding a woman's own anatomy, understanding her own body helps her to understand how to describe the pain that she may be experiencing. And then we can even tailor our treatments better. Um, honestly, but each, each one is different. There's not usually a lot of you know lab testing that we need to do. Most of the time, we need to talk to the patient, hear their story, learn their experience, and then we can really pinpoint what's happening for them. Yeah, that, that all makes sense. And, and let me stay with you for a second, Dr. Pope, and then we'll have, hand back to Dr. Kingsburg. But Dr. Kingsburg alluded to the, the role, the, the, uh, the risk, the vision that UH took initially in order to um, stand up this multifaceted platform and give it the endorsement and the support it needs. But maybe you could you could riff a little bit about the the role of UH with regard to to this broader topic. Yeah, I think it's really about normalizing it, and that's what UH is doing, um, normalizing this in conversation. So besides just in your doctor's visit, maybe bringing up the conversation with your colleagues, bringing up conversation um, with friends and people who interact with one another on a regular basis, just trying to get rid of and really reduce the stigma that surrounds female sexual health issues, um, really just simply by talking about it. I think the other thing that UH is doing and what really brings something needed in the space and, you know, UH is 
is just the right institution to do this is to bring evidence to the table, right? There's, there's a lot of treatments out there for women that are not necessarily well studied. And there's a lot of disorders that women suffer from that also haven't been well studied. But UH has so many people in research. We've got, um, you know, so much expertise in all of these surgical and medical disciplines that bringing that all together where we could all just discuss what the issue is, look into what is known, what is not known, and really lead the way in bringing evidence and academics to this discipline. I think that's really what makes UH special. When you think about the UH mission, you know, to teach, to discover, right, and to treat, the discover, we've been, we've been cutting edge in the uh, clinical research. You, you mentioned uh, Viagra was, was uh, approved in 1998 before listeners were born. Um, I, I call that the Viagratization of America, but you know, it took <laughs> it many years, as you pointed out, for uh, women to, you know, to have something that was approved. Some of that is still our society that was, you know, heavily stigmatizing uh, women's treatments as well, that's not appropriate. Uh, but it was actually, you know, when you think about Viagra, it is, it is really physiologic looking at the end organ of, of uh, erections, whereas the treatments for women have really been in the brain, which is a little bit more complicated. But we've been on the cutting edge and there are two approved treatments for um, hypoactive sexual desire disorder, the most prevalent sexual problem. And we have um, in the uh, McDonald's trials unit uh, been, you know, leading in, in collecting that data and being part of that, uh, that research. So there are two treatments, Flabanterin, a uh, brand named Addy and uh, Bremelanotide, a uh, brand named Vilesi, that are the two and only two approved treatments for any female sexual disorder, short of menopausal dyspareunia or pain with sexual activity. And we are certainly on the cutting edge. We're looking at developing um, uh, more, um, you know, things like uh, uh, dilators and other uh, devices that are going to be involved in sexual health. And UH is primed, given our multidisciplinary division, to develop these treatments um, and to and to actually compete with the, as Dr. Pope talked about, the non-evidence-based um, platforms. We see telehealth has blossomed on, you know, one of the unfortunate but fortunate things that came out of COVID is telehealth. But now you've, you see all these femtech divisions out there and, and platforms, whereas UH really is kind of femtech at its most evidence-based. Well, you've, you've, you've prompted the next direction. I'd love to take this in. The, the Ventures platform here at UH is, of course, um, also responsible for innovation uh, and, and the enablement of and the attraction of innovation broadly defined. So let's stay on that for a second. Talk to us both, if you would, and perhaps we'll, we'll, we'll revert back to Dr. Pope to start, but talk about perhaps what you see as the most glaring unmet need that we might be able to address either through process or product innovation. You know, what you might have seen recently that's impressive and, you know, and perhaps close out with, with the counsel, the advice that you might give to entrepreneurs, hopefully female entrepreneurs, looking to embark upon innovation within this realm. So maybe we'll start with you, Dr. Pope. Yeah, well, 
Maybe one of the only positives that's come from the COVID pandemic is that it has really turned our work and our world into a virtual, a virtual one. Um, I think doors have opened for virtual visits to become much more um, typical and offered and accessible. Um, and so having an office visit that could be, you know, not just in the middle of the week at 2 p.m. where a lot of women are actually working, but to have a virtual option, potentially even after hours, really gives gives women the opportunity to connect with a physician, connect with a provider, um, connect with a psychologist in a way that is so much easier and, and accessible, really. Um, also, because so many women don't want to talk about these issues or they're inhibited from talking about them or they just don't realize that there are so so many others that are dealing with them, that they there is treatment available and that they it's worth actually bringing it up to their provider, you know, then getting over that barrier or that, or that hesitation, I find virtual visits just opens the door. You know, you could sign on from your the comfort of your living room. You could find a private place in your home and talk about the most intimate issues that are affecting your life with someone who can give you solutions. And I think that's the way we're going. I've also seen apps that include coaching um, that give, give women advice, um, you know, on a dynamic day-to-day -day basis. I think that's really interesting. Um, there's so many options out there, and I, I think it's, it's really exciting, and I, I hope that UH continues to lead the way in both, both of those. Dr. Kingsburg? Well, I think that um, venture capital has finally figured out that, um, that women's sexual health is investing in, um, and uh, it's taken a long time to see that um, it can be profitable as well as, you know, clearly the right thing to do for, as you pointed out, almost 50% of women will have some sexual concerns. So we need to be reaching them. So we're looking at these, these um, you know, women's health startups um, with various things that they can do at home. So Dr about these virtual visits, but also, you know, treatments that you can start to do at home, testing you can do at home. For example, you know, look at uh, the vaginal biome or microbiome that uh, you would normally have to come in for an office visit. Some things you can now, you know, give a sample and mail it in. You know, we, we kind of joke about mailing it in. Now we literally are mailing things in. Um, and now we can reach women who are not able to drive to UH where there are, you know, sexual medicine experts. I have to say we are, we are in the party and UH has um, this concentrated expertise that we can now reach well beyond Northeast Ohio with uh, virtual, virtual healthcare. Um, so women who would normally be in rural areas or even out of state can now come see us. So I think the, the telehealth has expanded our reach and some of these startups and femtech and the ability to, to invest in treatments for women, knowing that, um, that women will make use of it instead of looking in the back of a magazine to some unproven, you know, fly-by-night, um, you know, device or herbal remedy, we now have evidence-based treatments and we have money going into that. And I, I really hope that we can move the ball forward with finding evidence-based treatments 
for desire, arousal, orgasm, pain, both from the device, the pharmacologic, um, you know, a concept, and also psychotherapy has been around for a very long time. And that combination often works best for women. Dr. Pope, for any woman listening who might feel that this has, uh, might prompt her to take action with regard to her own uh, health, how can they reach us? How would they be in contact with, with your division? What does that look like? I think the first step is to come to our website. You know, our numbers are there. Uh, you can make an appointment for a visit, whether it's in person or virtual. All the information is laid out there. Um, we're eager to see you. We're eager to listen to you. And, you know, you deserve to be listened to and you deserve to have a fulfilling sex life. And we're here to help. Um, I just want to emphasize again, really, regardless of the age, regardless of the stage, painful sex, lack of desire, all of these things that people think are normal, different, you know, at different stages of life really do not have to be normal in a way that causes suffering, right? There are treatments out there for everything. And we can't wait to talk to you and see what we can do to help you. Well, this was incredible, incredibly educational and informative. And I, and I really hope that there are some listeners out there who are now uh, catalyzed to take control of their own health and to, to reach out to you and this incredible platform that you've both built. I want to thank you both. Um, this, uh, this episode, I'm sure, will garner a, a substantial amount of interest. Once again, uh, ventures.uhhospitals.org for this recording and prior. And I look forward to catching you all next time. Doctors Pope and Kingsburg, thank you so much for your time today.